We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. Hey, before we get going with the Huddle Reloaded here on the Sooner Sports Podcast, a reminder that it's time to commit for 2020 to the Sooner Club. Sooner Club donations directly impact the lives of every single student athlete in Crimson and Cream. And there's never been a better time to be a member of the Sooner Club. New in 2020, a five-month payment plan is available for members to spread payments out leading up to the March 31st deadline. Members who opt in the payment plan before the end of November will also receive up to 150 bonus points for the upcoming year. Hey, one of the cool things I saw Uh, on social media over the weekend as Sooner Club members you get the opportunity to take your family holiday pictures inside Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium and you're helping student athletes and facility projects you're helping with resources like nutrition academic support travel professional development and of course psychological resources Sooner Club staff are ready to discuss items with you for more information visit thesoonerclub.com or call 405-325-8000 now the Huddle with Toby Rowland and Teddy Lehman. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. It's Tuesday night. You know what that means in these parts. For the next two hours, we're talking Sooner football, Oklahoma and Baylor, the game of the week in college football this Saturday night, the game of the year in the Big 12 Conference coming up, 6.30 p.m. on the banks of the Brazos. As we get set for that one, we're going to talk about a nail-biter, though, first that took place last Saturday night. OU escapes with a 42-41 win over Iowa State. Please help me welcome the Butkus and Bednarik Award winner and the best color analyst in all of college football, Teddy Lehman, everybody. Appreciate that, T-Row. Welcome back. I missed you. We almost didn't survive without you. That's not true. We didn't know what to do. I did miss you. I missed you thoroughly. Uh, Let me just uh, start by showing off the zero bar that a fan, uh, Julie Snyder, brought for you tonight from Arlington, Texas. Toby, uh, you laughed at me. Uh, Everyone laughed, but slowly but surely, everyone's coming out of the woodwork. You're winning over the nation. Everyone is coming out of the woodwork. I'm not sure they paid for the free advertising you're giving them there. (laughs) But you're winning everybody over. That's it. right. How you doing? Good. You, has your heart recovered from Saturday night? It took a little while Saturday night to um, 
to wind down after that football game, but yes, I'm recovered. It's uh, it's Tuesday. We've got to move on. We've got another tough one this week. We got to move on, but uh, let's talk about what happened. Mm-hmm. So let me start by asking you, what happened? <laughs> I, I was hoping we could arrive at that conclusion together somehow, but I have no answers. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's um, it, it's fascinating, really, whenever you look at the way the game started and. Oklahoma was clicking along pretty good. They were making some good plays both offensively and defensively and, you know, just didn't answer the bell in the second half. And Iowa State, as we knew, is a dangerous football team. Uh, defensively, they had a good game plan. They, um, you know, they stuffed us pretty good. You know, we're really close to forcing a bunch of turnovers. So, um, you know, and, and for us defensively, it's one of those things where, you know, the last two weeks – both Kansas State and Iowa State were getting them coming off of bye weeks. And I think that's significant because what we do defensively is different from pretty much anyone else in conference. And the amount of movement and shifting and and stunning we do on our defensive line is really difficult to prepare for. And whenever the, those offensive lines have an extra week to prepare and get used to that and try and mimic that look with the scouting team, I think that turns into a big factor. Now, at the end of the day, we've got guys that are in position to make plays that are right there one-on-one with the ball carrier, and we got to make those tackles. We just have to. I mean, there's nothing else we can do as as coaches. Well, we I'm, – I'm not a coach, but as coaches, whenever they put you in a position one-on-one, you've got to make those plays. And – I don't know if it's a confidence issue that's that's crept in. You know, once you miss a play or once you perform poorly, then you're always worried about that happening again. Mm-hmm. So as you approach a ball carrier or as you, uh, you know, you're, you're lined up and here comes the football whenever you're in, in, in coverage, you worry about that next me- uh, mess up. And I just worry a little bit right now that the confidence is shot. Um, you know, we've given up some points and plays. And I think, you know, we're wavering a little bit. But this is – that's what big boy football is. And you've got another one this week against a really good Baylor team. They've got great skill position players. They've got a very capable quarterback and a, a very solid defense. So we've got to find a way to put those performances behind us and, and try and move on. And, and down the stretch, we've got three tough football games left. Um, you know, Baylor's great defensively. TCU's great defensively. They're 1-2 total defense in the conference. And then we're going to be going on the road in a rivalry game against uh, an offense that, whenever it's hot, is as explosive as anyone in the conference. So we've got a tough little stretch here. And, you know, I, I think our guys are, are going to be up to the task to try and get things straight. Well, let's start by uh, taking a look at what went well on Saturday night, what really well for C.D. Lamb who I think is establishing himself or has as the premier pass catcher in America. An amazing night again. Eight catches, 167 yards, two touchdowns, and both the touchdowns were highlight reel catches. Just highlight reel. What he can do with the ball in his hands is just amazing. And, you know, I, this is a great individual effort, but we get some great convoy blocking downfield. you got Basquin down there. You've got Rambo down there picking up blocks. Uh, just a fantastic play. And, I got to tell you, and we've had some great wide receivers through here. I mean, fantastic. Royals, Clayton, Shepard, Westbrook. I mean, the list goes on and on. But I can't remember a team 
that we've had that's so dependent on one wide receiver. I mean, he over the last couple of games has been this team. I mean, yeah. it's amazing what <laughs> he, even he brings. Even got the onside kick. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> just with no – he got it twice, which is, yeah. you know, maybe after he sucks up the first one, no problem. Maybe you don't kick it there on the second <laughs> one. But, you know, he's fantastic. I, You know, you just can't say enough about the kid. As soon as you think you've seen it all from him, here comes another game where he does something just – you know, once again, that's incredible. Leads the Big 12 in touchdown catches for a receiver. Leads the Big 12 in receiving yards. Sixth in the country there. Fifth in the country in yards per catch at a ridiculous 22.3. That also leads the Big 12. Yards per game, 109.2. He's now tied with Mark Clayton for second most receiving touchdowns uh, in OU history. He's got 31 of those now. But he is, uh, Lincoln was asked Monday, which receiver he compares him to, and he went all the way back to Michael Crabtree at Texas yeah. Tech. I think that's I think that's interesting. I think that's a good one. Crabtree was a uh, big, athletic guy that you could throw it up in traffic and let him go make plays. Yeah, I mean, I honestly I don't know that at Oklahoma we've necessarily seen a guy like this. We usually have a like a little guy, the Shepherd yeah. Clayton. And Royals or Hollywood are kind of the same guy. I would put Hollywood and D.D. Westbrook almost together yeah. as deep threat type of guys. C.D. is like the total total package possession guy. He can do it after the catch. He's a, he does everything. Big night for Kennedy Brooks as well, Mr. Brooks. 15 carries, 132 yards. And, of course, that big second-half touchdown run that we didn't know it at the time but ended up being the difference in the game. He went for 48 yards, and C.D. even helped him out on that one as well. But... Kennedy's going to have to be a workhorse the rest of the way. He has been the last several games, and now with Trey Sermon down for the rest of the year, uh, he's going to get a bunch of carries going forward. No, he is. He's been a workhorse. He's been fantastic. You know, he just keeps plugging along at about eight or nine yards to carry, which is no big deal, about as good as, you know, you've ever seen in college football type of stuff. It's amazing, you know. Um, Gabe was joking about it during the game and after the game that it just feels like whenever they hand him the ball, for whatever reason, there's just no one else around. You see that play right there. They hand it to him, and he just takes a quick little jog around the corner. No big deal for 35 yards or so. So uh, an impressive kid. He's He's got it all. He's good between the tackles. He's fantastic in the open field. He's got great patience. He's got great vision. He can do it all. All right, let's talk about – uh, the second half now, and the comeback by Iowa State. Oklahoma, all-time, well, since 1937, was 194-0 when they had a three-touchdown lead going into the second half. That almost <laughs> became 194-1 and because Iowa State mounted a huge rally. Let's take a look at some highlights here in the second half and kind of just talk us through 35-14, the Sooners lead here in the third quarter. This is kind of a collection of big plays for Iowa State. You'll see the one OU touchdown here as well. And then that uh, that uh, hang on by your nails fourth quarter. Here's the touchdown for Kennedy. Yeah, that's a nice play by Kennedy Brooks. And again, C.D. Lamb, there he is down the field blocking two guys and essentially turning what would be a, a big gain into a touchdown single-handedly there. So uh, really impressive. This is just a tough play down on the goal line when everyone's piled in there. And, you know, it, you're thinking it's going to be heavy run. You know, those are those are tough plays to stop. But, you know, right here, here's a play where it looks like CD is going to make something happen with it. And ball pops out. That's unlike him. But sometimes someone's going to put a hat or a, a hand on the ball. and There's not a whole lot you can do about it. Uh, this was a crazy little exchange here, a third and goal. And, you know, they 
don't do themselves any favors and convert a crazy fourth and goal here. Uh, nice play by Brock Purdy. You got to give it up to the kid. He played one heck of a football game. And um, oh, that's the stop. That's, Sorry, that's the six minute right. forty nine second drive that went nineteen yards. That was crazy. We talked about that today. Uh, Twelve play, nineteen yard drive. Amazing. I don't even know how that's possible, but. Um, you know, there's plenty of plays here. 14 point lead with five minutes left. Yeah, and, you know, they started getting stops defensively and we started missing tackles. I mean, what you're going to see if you, if you, what a, what a play there, what a throw on this drive. But what you're going to see defensively is a bunch of missed tackles. You know, guys that have opportunities to make plays and, and just, you know, for whatever reason, don't do it. Completely lose a guy in coverage here. So it was a breakdown. It really was. Offensively, we got away from running the football, try and force something here, and it's, you know, going back the other direction again. It's a one-score game when Jalen Hurts throws this interception. And right there, I think for the first time, entered a lot of people's minds. I know it did mine. Oklahoma could lose this game. Right. Uh, if Iowa State scores here, they're probably going to go for two, and you could kind of see the train coming down the tracks now. Yeah, there's a big third and 13 where Purdy, you know, makes an escape and makes a safety miss out there in the open field and converts, and here they go, uh, first and goal. And it looked like we were going to get a chance to get a stop and throw up a nice play, and in the, in the Norman North kid goes up, Charlie Kohler, and makes a good play on it. I mean – he was good down the stretch yeah, with him, and, and he's he, wide open. Here. He's <laughs> open on the two-point conversion. Fortunately, Purdy didn't see him. Parnell Motley makes the play of the game, saves the season play of the year so far with the interception on the two-point conversion. Added to the list of big two-point turnaways that Oklahoma has had in recent years. Here's a look at the final stats. Pretty even offensively. Third downs were big in this game. Oklahoma was great on third downs. Penalties. Iowa State usually doesn't get penalized a lot. They uh, took 11 of them on Saturday, but you add it all up. It's a one-point win. It's a win by the hairs of your chinny-chin-chin. It is, and i got to tell you, that's about the closest I've seen in a while from someone getting to Oklahoma in total yards after a game. Usually it's, you know, Oklahoma leads that significantly. Even in games like, you know, Kansas State game and, you know, there's there's a bunch of different examples. We're usually far and away out there in front, and Iowa State mounted that nice comeback and almost chases down in total yards. It's time for our drive of the game, brought to you by AAA Insurance. At home or on the road, we've got you covered. Third quarter, OU starts this possession on their own three-yard line, Teddy, leading 35-21. This would end up being Oklahoma's only touchdown of the second half. No, it, and I like that we're running it out of there, shadow of your own goalpost, try and get out there and just convert a first down. That's really all you're trying to do, give your punter some space, trying to change the field position a little bit, and we go on a nice long uh, drive like we typically do. I mean, I, we've got several drives, and even just this year, uh, where we've had gone 95-plus yards. So, um, you know, credit Lincoln Riley for that, being aggressive in some of the play calling where typically people get ultra-conservative there and converted some nice third downs. Here's, here's Jalen making something happen on his own after uh, protection breaks down a little bit and route breaks down, goes up and does it on his own. Scrambles for a first down there. Drive continues. Hurts rolling right. Just going to uh, try to find a man there on the sidelines. Can't connect. Second and 10 now is the long drive continues. He goes back the other way and Dangerous can't quite play. connect with uh, C.D. Lamb. So you got a third and 10. Looks like the drive might stall out. They get an offside. So a free play coming up here and they connect to C.D. again. Yep, CD makes a play there, goes right back at Eisworth, who almost made the play before and said, I can catch, you can't. And uh, <laughs> pretty impressive there. And 
You know, it wasn't, even though it, it was a long, impressive drive, we had some mistakes in there, mm -hmm. and here's the big, long run where, you know, CD, again, there he is out on the outside. I mean, he, it's amazing what all he does for us. I mean, this is, I mean, it's, it's amazing to see a team that's driven by a wide receiver, and I, I kind of feel that way about CD Lamb here as of late. 18 straight wins now in the month of November, and if you look through that closely, I'll, I'll point them out. A lot of these have been on the road, and a lot of them have been like Saturday night. Number five on that list, a one-point win. Uh, number 10 on that list, 10-point win. Uh, another one-point win, number 15 against OSU. Of course, Saturday night, a one-point win. West Virginia there, number 17 last year, three-point win. There's a whole bunch of those that have been tight, important football games that they found a way to win 18 in a row of them. It's tough. I mean, as you know, one of the things that you never account for as the season rolls on, it's championship November. You're coming down the, the stretch run. Well, at this point, as, as we found out right now, You've mounted uh, injuries. You've mounted, uh, you know, whatever might happen through the framework of a of a football team, and you know, and I know it happens to everyone, but everyone doesn't win 18 straight games in right. November, right? Teams that can fight through those those adverse conditions do, and Oklahoma's done a great job of that. And we're going to have to continue, as you talked about Trey Sermon, uh, you know, and and man, we lose some guys. That's that's going to happen, and. You know, great teams find a way to continue to push through. Opening segment is always presented by Noble McIntyre. McIntyre Law, the law firm you should turn to for all of your personal injury needs. Let's take an opening timeout. We'll look ahead to the matchup with the Baylor Bears coming up when we come back here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. It's the huddle. Stay with us. Oklahoma Blood Institute's Bedlam Blood Battle, November 18th through the 22nd. Text OBI4OU to 999-777 for details. The Huddle is brought to you by Bud Light. This football season, keep it crisp with Bud Light. Red Carpet Charters, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. Homeland, proud sponsor of Sooner Football. AT&T, more for your thing, that's our thing. The Sooner Sports Podcast is your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. New episodes drop every Tuesday and Friday, and all you have to do is log on to Soonersports.tv slash podcast to listen to old shows and subscribe to always get the newest episodes. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate and Riverwind. Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality and Rudy's bringing you the best in barbecue we got a good one coming up Saturday night in Waco Texas Oklahoma and Baylor one and two in the Big 12 Sooners lead the all-time series 25 to 3 they've won four in a row 12 to 2 edge in Waco the losses in Waco came back in 11 and 13 RG3 responsible for one of those we haven't lost in the new stadium have we 2-0 in the new stadium and 2015 was very similar to this year mm -hmm. uh, Baylor undefeated ranked really high Oklahoma came in with one loss ESPN game day was there primetime game fun atmosphere fun atmosphere fun football well game. That night. chippy you know this series has always been pretty chippy. Even yep. going back, you know, a million years ago whenever I played and Baylor wasn't any good, it was still chippy for whatever reason. And 
I got a feeling that may may yeah. kind of flare back up. Right. It's you know, I don't know how uh, <laughs> how uh, arrogant Baylor was, you know, whenever they were one and eleven or whatever it was a couple years ago. But this year, they may have a little bit of that swagger. Back. I think. Two years ago when we were down there, there was the pregame scuffle. Remember scuffle, Baker got in the middle of it? We had a player kicked out. Yeah. Um, who was it? Defensive lineman got kicked out can't remember. on a field goal. Somebody will text us here in a second. Right. Welcome back to uh, Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Teddy Lehman's with us. Talk about Baylor, and we start on the offensive side of the ball. Skill position talent-wise? Fantastic. I mean, these guys, I mean, next to Oklahoma, probably tops in the conference. Charlie Brewer's a good player at quarterback. He is surrounded by a ton of weapons. Yeah. No, I mean, they've got uh, a whole crew of wide receivers. Mims, Thornton, R.J. Sneed, uh, Platt, the burner, still there. A couple of good uh, running backs, number seven and number six. Love it and Hasty. Really good players. You mentioned Brewer. Uh, they're all, you know, just outstanding, honestly. The problem Baylor has had is inconsistency with the offensive line. That's where their problem's been. We, we all have heard and seen the statistics on sacks given up. I think they've given up 24 so far this year. Gave up eight to West Virginia. That's been their biggest problem. So if if their offensive line plays well, that's going to be the real difference in the game for them. Um, you know, they're a pretty physical group. They can run the ball pretty well, but protection, um, not their strong suit. So if Oklahoma is, is going to stop Baylor offensively, the key is going to be with our defensive line linebackers against their offensive line um what do you think about charlie brewer i think he is i think he's a solid player i think he's uh, fairly smart with the football he's athletic he's a lot like purdy honestly mm-hmm. um, i agree i think one of the problems is just like any other quarterback he struggles with a, a bad offensive line and under pressure. I mean, it's amazing what what even great quarterbacks look like if you put them behind an offensive line that doesn't protect them. It changes things immensely. So um, I think he's very capable. Whenever he gets good protection, he's going to make some good plays with the ball. But whenever he's under pressure, look out. This guy number five is their C.D. Lamb. Mm-hmm. Denzel Mims, big target, going to be an NFL football player. Really nice player. I feel like he's been there for seven years yeah. now. No, it's, no, I'm with you. It's wild. He's been making plays for them for a long time. He's fantastic. He's he's listed at 6'3", but, you know, I, I mean, he feels like he's 6'5 out there the way he goes up over guys and makes plays. Even with all that talent, I thought they, they would outscore teams this year mm-hmm. on offense, but it hasn't been the case. If anything, they've struggled offensively and been fantastic defensively, giving up like 19 points a game. W- what do you see out of them on that side of the ball? Well – a lot of that is yeah they've struggled they've they've given up some negative yardage plays but the biggest part of it in my opinion is philosophy they they play a mucky dirty game it's not pretty it's um, a lot of you know runs for two or three yards okay and they're content with that because they play to their defense's hands their their defense is really good really tough and I don't they know that the only way we can win football games is to limit mistakes, lean on our defense, try and win defense and special teams and and win football games. If we go out and turn it over and try and get aggressive, then uh, we're not going to be able to do it. So they're they're a little more measured in their approach, which lends itself to a lot closer football games, a lot lower scoring football games, but 
you know, they've got a chance to win, and there's been some luck involved with them as well. So, you know, you do have to have to count that. They've had some bounces go their way late in games, but I do think being able to win close, tough-fought contest is a skill, mm-hmm. and they've got that skill right now. 337 yards a game is uh, all they're allowing. Do you see some similarities defensively between them and Iowa State? I do. They, they rush three quite a bit, and – When they rush three, it is a good rush. They've got three guys that are good, uh, led by Lynch, number 93. He is an absolute stud. Strong, physical. He's got a motor. He never stops. Um, You know, they get to the quarterback. He leads the Big 12 in sacks. And as a team, they lead the conference in sacks. Uh, They're relentless and they're good on the back end. They've got linebackers that can play, even though they lost their their best backer to an ACL injury. uh, They still got plenty of guys that can play. You know, this secondary, it's interesting. You know, whenever they took over um, and they were trying to, to get their first recruiting class together and trying to put together a team in short order, they had a that training camp they had a rash of injuries i mean i want to say if i remember right 9 or 11 guys i think they lost to season ending injuries and they had to throw a ton of freshmen out there mm-hmm. they had to rotate like 6 or 7 true freshmen in that were not prepared to play college football and the record showed they were terrible but what happened a lot of guys baptized by fire Bad out experience. there and now they're starting to rotate in where they've been in this system for three years now. Uh, they've got experience. They've got game experience. They've seen these offenses, some of them, in this conference. So uh, all of a sudden, those guys that all got thrown out there together and got whooped for uh, 12 games are now older. They've grown up together. And there is a very strong team mentality there. I mean, it's when you go through that as a, as a group, you know, to get beat and get ridiculed and have everyone point and say you're terrible, I mean, it binds you together. And whenever you grow up from that, it, it's a tight bond. And this team, you can tell by the way they play, they've got that. Kickoff at 6.30 on Saturday night down in Waco. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, we'll take a look at the greater landscape of the Big 12 Conference right now, plus the new college football play, play, uh, playoff rankings just out. We'll have them for you in just a bit back after this. The Huddle is brought to you by Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue. Get your officially licensed Sooners gear at Academy Sports and Outdoors, preferred sporting goods retailer of Oklahoma Athletics, Bud Light. This football season, keep it crisp with Bud Light. Sport Clips, it's good to be a guy. Riverwind, still the one. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. 
Well, this is what happened last week for Baylor. Fascinating game. Terrible offensive game until we get to overtime. We pick it up after John Mayers of Baylor has already made a 51-yard field goal to send it to overtime. This is one of the catches of the year right there. I thought it was over right there. You left the house. I left the house, so I didn't get to see the replay, and I still haven't seen the replay. Shocked that it was called a touchdown just from watching it live. He got a hand down. 23-16, 23-16, TCU looks like they might win it. Baylor answers mm, back. There's that Denzel Mims guy. Fourth down. Touchdown. Ties it again. Here we go. Triple overtime. Baylor scores. That's Mims again. They take the lead. It looks like TCU answers. Duggan was called out of bounds, however. He said a foot stepped out. They went to a review. They had to do it again. Didn't get it. 29-23. Baylor wins. Had another barn burner in Austin. Kansas State jumps out to a 14-0 lead, but couldn't hang on. Yeah, Kansas State, you know, jumps out there to a quick lead. You feel like with that, they're going to be able to run the football and and kind of keep Texas out of things. And Texas come flying back. And, you know, we talked about this before this game happened. Texas plays all of the right people down the stretch to try and fight and make their way back to a Big 12 championship game. An OU Texas Big 12 championship game is still on the table. Four times in two years. Is that too much, Orange? That's a lot of Orange. (laughs) Here's the scoreboard. Really, Texas Tech, the only team that had an easy time of it. They went to Morgantown and handled West Virginia 38-17, but everything else. I mean, this conference, if you don't have a rooting interest, even if you do, this has been a lot of fun to watch this year. No, it has. It's a lot of fun. It's it's impossible to pick these games. You know, Texas was a seven-point favorite um, at home against Kansas State. You know, after Kansas State just beat Oklahoma. Now they're a seven-point dog going to Iowa State just after Iowa State lost to Oklahoma. Figured that out for me. It's it's Im- impossible to predict who's going to win these football games. It, you know, home team has an advantage. Here's your updated Big 12 standings. Baylor unbeaten. Sooners in conference play out there to the right, 5-1. Texas at 4-2. I, I think there's some weird mathematical permutations that the three lost teams could still get into the Big 12 championship game, but unlikely. We're probably realistically down to those top three teams playing for the two spots in Arlington. Yeah, I, it's, it's fascinating. And to take the thing a, a step deeper, the question is, well, who should we want a root for to play in the Big 12 championship? Let's just I don't get know. there. Let's just, <laughs> right. Let's just I have no idea. There. I have no idea. So here's the schedule coming up this weekend. Kansas goes to Oklahoma State. That's the return of Les Miles to Stillwater for an 11 a.m. kick. You mentioned the Texas-Iowa State game. That's got Big 12 championship implications. TCU visiting Texas Tech. West Virginia will be in Manhattan. And, of course, the primetime games, the one we're worried about, Sooners and the Bears. And I'll, I'll tell you what's fascinating about that. We've got all 10 teams playing this week. And in every single one of those games, I could see a scenario in which either team can win it. And that has not been the case for a long time in the Big 12. Many and Penn State, Saturday morning, the first of a bunch of great games on Saturday. Minnesota scores first. Penn State answers. Golden Gophers go on to win at Teddy, 31-26. They're still rowing the boat undefeated in Minneapolis. No, they. this was a fantastic football game. What a story. Fun to watch up there in Minnesota. Place was going insane. Stormed the field. 
I got to tell you, you know, I went into this thing not knowing a whole lot about Minnesota or what to expect in this game because, you know, they hadn't played anyone. That's why they were undefeated and ranked so far back. And Penn State had looked so good up to that point. So didn't know what to think. And Minnesota goes out there and dominates that football game. They were impressed. I was impressed. They were good defensively. They had a good scheme. Um, Offensively, their quarterback made tons of plays. They got good wideouts. Minnesota's for real. This is a this is a really good football team. Game of the year so far in college football: LSU at Alabama. Bama scores there. It's already thirty three thirteen though when we pick it up. LSU dominates the first half. Alabama makes a rally, but comes up short, 46-41 the final. Yeah, and unlike Alabama, late in the game, here they are, what, down uh, seven, eight points and can't get the stops they need to go try and win the football game. Usually, that the Alabama we've seen in recent years is able to get those stops and go down and close the thing out, and they just couldn't do it. They had several opportunities to get a stop, give their offense the ball, give it to Tua, and let him go make a play and try and win the game, and they just couldn't do it. Just love seeing those SEC defenses get after each other 46 41 <laughs> the final yeah, yeah but it yeah but that's that's burrow and two oh, it, I know. It's, it's fantastic it's fantastic <laughs> all right so the new rankings are out folks and uh just released moments ago here's what they look like the college football playoff committee has moved lsu to one ohio state two clemson up to three and georgia slides in the highest ranked one loss team at number four, Alabama falls only to five. Then you've got the two Pac-12 teams, Oregon and Utah at six and seven. Big jump for Minnesota from 17 to eight. Penn State slides back to nine. OU one spot back to 10. Baylor, by the way, is at 13. Texas jumps into the poll at 19. OSU 22, Kansas State 24. Thoughts? Yeah, I, I'm shocked that Minnesota is at eight. Um, they are 9-0 undefeated with a win over a top four football team, and they are at number eight. How in the world is that possible? I have no idea. They just thought Penn State was so good that they had them in their top four last week. They get beat by an undefeated football team. I, I'm shocked at that. Everything else kind of makes sense. Bama, you know, number five, okay, I'm all right with that. Um Oregon, Utah, where they are, I think that's okay. You know, honestly, I think everything is still in a in a position to play itself out. I figured Oklahoma would be 10 or 11. So the only thing that I, I think is interesting is that Minnesota's not higher than eight. I'm a little uh, – I'm with you. I'm a little confused on what the uh, attraction is of Utah, a one-loss Utah. Yeah. Oregon I get a little bit. And I think Utah is a good team, but if you look at the schedule they've played, I'm not sure it's warranted where it is. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that's what the committee says this week. We've got miles to go before we sleep, though. So no, no reason to get too worked up over it yet. Now, pick them segment. It's time to pick uh, five games in college football. I'm a little nervous about this. I wasn't here last week, so I put my lead in the hands of Chris Plank, and let's see how he did. Penn State at – oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> It was not a good week but for anyone. Oh, boy. I did make up ground on you, though. See, I did not know this until this very second. Chris Plank went one and four last week. Teddy, you had Minnesota. Both of you had Baylor. You all missed on K-State. You all missed on Wake. And uh, at least Plank had LSU to win. No idea what even happened in the Wake Forest-Virginia Tech game. But I will give Plank some credit here. 
the TCU game was super close, could have gone either way. Kansas State game, close, could have gone either way. It's not that horrible of picks. Those were tough ones. Teddy, he went one and four. It's not that great. I'm going to give Which, him a hard time. What one would you have picked differently? Uh, we don't have to spend the whole show on this. In hindsight, the first four I would have picked differently, yes. <laughs> uh, Tilly, our producer, Zach Tilly, now with a two-game lead over uh, the combo of uh, myself and Chris Plank. Teddy Lehman still lingering back in last place. So let's uh, let's pick this week. Five games, and we're going to start in Conference USA, Teddy. Louisiana Tech at Marshall. And what I'm told is a big CUSA game. Yeah, I... Tech? Louisiana Tech? I don't know. I, I, have, I haven't watched either one of these football teams. I'm not going to pretend like I know anything about either one of these football teams, but I'll take Louisiana Tech. That's the kind of uh, lack of effort that has you in last place in this competition. <laughs> Louisiana Tech has won eight straight games. Quarterback Jamar Smith, an excellent run pass threat. I'm also going to take Louisiana Tech. Well, uh, I knew Zach, those things. Yeah. I mean, that's – everyone knows that. Tilly's going with Marshall, the home team. Do All you right. feel like he's throwing these type of games in here because he A knows something that we don't? Something's fishy. Okay. Uh, let's go now to the MAC for some MACTION. Central Michigan and Ball State in what I'm told is a big MAC game. Um, I'm sure it is a big Mac game. Don't know anything about either one of these teams either. I have been to Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Um, so I'll take Central Michigan because of that. I've got no other reason to pick them. Our producer, Zach Tilly, attended Central Michigan. Okay, great. Uh, I have been to Ball State many times, Muncie, Indiana, not far from where I went to high school. Wow. Um, I bring that knowledge, plus the fact that uh, our former buddy Michael Alford is now the athletic director at Central, Central Michigan. Central Michigan, that's right. And they have a wide receiver in Khalil Pimpleton. That's going to do well in this game. I'll take Central Michigan. Tilly, who went to, uh, is a Chippewa, will take Central Michigan as well. See that? I, you did all that research on both of those games. I didn't even look the into same it. Thing we, you did. We got to the same spot. Wasted a good 10 minutes today. Uh, all right, let's go to the Power Five now. Georgia's going to Auburn on Saturday. Who you got? I'm taking Auburn in this thing. I think it's a, a coin flip game. I think Georgia is, you know, they haven't been too impressive this year. I like Auburn's defense. I think you're probably going to take Georgia, so I'm going opposite with Auburn. All right. Uh, I am going to take Georgia. Mm-hmm. I think Auburn's luck has run out. I think they got off to a good start, got a little bit lucky early on. I think they've hit a wall. This will be a hard-fought game, but Georgia's getting better as the year goes along. I got Georgia. Tilly's got Georgia as well. Texas at Iowa State. Iowa State? I mean, I, I don't know with Texas. I, I thought Kansas State was going to go down there and handle Texas. Um, maybe they found something here late in the season. Iowa State, and this was my problem with Iowa State early in the year, um, they can't get over the hump. They've been so close so many times, and anytime there's a big game, they're close, they're right there knocking on the door, but they can't get over the hump, okay? Um, and that's played out the rest of the season. For whatever reason, I'm still going to pick them over Texas just because I can't bring myself to pick Texas. I'm going to take Iowa State, too. I, I think they're a better football team, and they're at home. Iowa State had the, the game against the really the fourth quarter against Oklahoma State that was odd. But other than that, for the last five weeks, they've played really good football. Two, the, big, two big road wins, uh, I think, before they played OU. They played well last Saturday. What are you upset about over there? 
Iowa State has Baylor on the ropes at home. Can't close it out. Okay, they've got Oklahoma State on the ropes. Can't close yeah. it out. They've got Oklahoma on the ropes. Can't close it out. Right. That they can't close out games. I mean, you want me to list all the games they have won this year? I mean, I'll, I'll take Iowa. Should have beat Iowa. Uh, you, Big game. You just took Iowa State. I know. I'm, what are you yelling at I me about? I told you before. I don't know why I'm taking. We're taking them. the same team here. I'll take Iowa State. Tilly's going to take Iowa State as well. Minnesota at Iowa. Minnesota. Disrespect. Rarely can you beat a top four team and, and be undefeated and still get disrespected. They just got disrespected again tonight. They still have something to prove. Now, it is a chance after a game like that, you know, it's crazy up there. I'm sure campus is just buzzing uh, to have a letdown after that sure. emotional of a game. But I think this could be a special season for them. I was a good football team, but give me Minnesota. That's the scary thing is. This is the week after the biggest win in a long, long right. time. And now they got to go on the road to a tough place to win. I mean, I was a good team. Kinnick Stadium, tough place to win. This is a perfect letdown game here. But I think Minnesota is going to win it. I think they're that much better than, than Iowa. Tilly is going with Minnesota as well. There's our picks this week. We'll take a break. We've got over-under coming up. Lincoln Riley right around the corner as well. Stay with us here at, at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Thank you to our Cornerstone Television partners, OU Medicine, Anheuser-Busch, and OU Extended Campus, and our community partners, Landers Auto Group, Devon Energy, Coca-Cola, and OU Medicine. Over under results from last week. Oh. I didn't see this until just now either. Uh, 20 and a half combined touches for Brooks and Sermon. Teddy, you were the only one that took the under. You were right. One and a half takeaways by the OU defense. Tilly got that one with the under. Negative thinking. 124 and a half receiving yards for CD. That went way over. And uh, had to get to 300 passing yards for Purdy. You all said under. That was incorrect. So uh, the lead is down to four. But still a comfortable four-pick lead for the team of Toby and Plank, Teddy and Tilly. Tied at 16 and 20. Hmm. Any reaction to that? You Plank, made up some ground. Uh, I, you know, the 20 bucks I slipped plank came in good. Uh, I made up ground on both the uh, the pick'em segment and the over/under segment. So, shout out to Christopher Plank well, I, on that. I got good news for you. He's hosting again in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right there, championship November. He's hosting right. two uh, two critical ones. Thanksgiving week, you could close strong. So over under for this week. Here we go. Four things, uh, predictions on what we think may happen or may not happen in the OU Baylor game. We start with .5 fumble recoveries for OU in this game. I mean, it has to happen at some point, right? Maybe not. I don't know. I, you know, we backed up. Last year was, I believe, what the lowest output for Oklahoma in turnovers in 11. a long time. Yeah. And we thought, well, you know, the one thing we know about this defense is there's going to be more turnovers next year. Yeah. And we're stuck at six. So I'm saying over. It's going to happen. Eventually, someone's just going to, you know, maybe we don't even force it. Just drop the ball like, like Tua. Tua. Yeah, exactly yeah. like Tua. That, it's got to happen. I'm taking the over. Technically, the Parnell Motley pick isn't a pick, which is 
stupid, actually. But statistically, the two-point conversion interception is not an interception. Right. So five consecutive games now without forcing a turnover. Law of averages says we're due a flood. So I'm going over as well, and I'm just hoping and praying it happens. <laughs> Tilly will take the over as well. One and a half catches for Braden Willis in this game. I think he will have exactly one catch in this football game. So I'm going under. Um, doesn't get a whole lot of opportunities. I mean, we, we, we target these guys a couple of times on some, on some plays that we've schemed up. I think, uh, I think it's only going to be one or two. I'll take the under. Yeah, I'm going to take the under as well. Law of averages says he does not have a, a big game. They kind of like to use those guys as surprises, mm -hmm. especially around the goal line. So it could be, but I would lean more on Jeremiah Hall going over that number than Braden Willis. Right. Uh, Tilly might know something. He's taking the over here. 20 and a half completions for Brewer. Charlie Brewer. 20 and a half completions. I'm taking the under. Um, this is a, it's going to be a heavy run offense from Baylor. Um, you know, the, the formula so far, Kansas State uh, played us really good, got the win up there at home. Iowa State obviously played us really tight here, and those quarterbacks aren't completing 30, 40 passes. They're completing right around the 18, 19 number. Uh, I think it's going to be a similar type of game plan for Baylor. Uh, lean on the run, lean on their defense. I'm going under. I'm going to take the over, and the reason why is I think OU's getting ahead, and Baylor's going to have to throw to try to catch up. So I think they're going to put the ball in the air more than you think. Now, if this is a close game and if Baylor gets ahead, you're going to be you're right. They're going to lean on the run, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to be playing from behind and uh, Baylor's going to have to put the ball in the air. So I jump the, out to a, a nice lead, kind of like we did against and, Iowa State and Kansas and, State. And Purdy still didn't complete 20 passes. How that's many did he telling? complete? 18, 19. I mean, is that a true number, or you just uh -huh. make that up in, out of your 18, head? 18, 19. We're gonna Kansas double, State double jumped out to a right big now. lead. Well, I mean, I Brock, guess. Brock Purdy completed 19 passes. Yeah. Skyler Thompson completed 18 passes. Yeah. I'm going to take the over. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Uh, all right, what's the next one? Uh, one and a half combined fourth down conversions in this game. I'm taking the over here. I think there's going to be opportunities where Baylor, uh, you know, maybe they're within scoring range. They're not moving the ball great. It's fourth and one, fourth and two. They're going to have to take advantage of, of where they are in the field to try and convert and get points out of it. Um, and I think Oklahoma is going to be aggressive. I think Lincoln's going to be aggressive in this football game. Uh, you know, same thing against a, a really good defense whenever he's got opportunities where he thinks he can get three or four yards to convert a fourth, I think he's going to take it. Give me the over. The key word here is convert mm -hmm. because I think you're right. Both coaches are willing to gamble. You're going to see Matt Rule. He, he's, he is aggressive by nature anyway. He's going to go for some fourth downs. Wouldn't be surprised at all if OU's in long field goal range if they don't try it as well. But picking it up is the key. Sure. And I'm going to take the over as well. I think there'll be more than one and a half conversions till he does as well. we got about 90 seconds here. Quickly, I want to touch on the Heisman because we're a month away now from giving out this trophy. And it looks like that Joe Burrow has a lead and not just a little one, like a large yeah. lead. Is this thing over? 
I, I believe it is insurmountable at this point to beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa. That alone wins you, like Johnny uh, Manziel basically won him the Heisman. So to do that, and his numbers are spectacular. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, he's got a bunch of good wins. The, the, not only does he have the biggest win of the year, he's got like the next three of them as well. So it's going to be tough. There would have to be some type of massive fall off for Joe Burrow to not win it. And then behind that, I think you've got the Fields kit at o- Ohio State, yeah. who's, who's also he's going to have a really nice slate of games here to close out the season as well. Jalen, get invited? Boy, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, if it per- was today, I think he would. Perhaps if he has a good closeout to the to the season, yeah. I think he could. I think the problem is he, he we're not going to have a real matchup for that big Heisman moment, and I think that's that's kind of hurting. Well, he's him. got a big stage on Saturday. And he's night. got a great we'll story. Nice job. Yep. Teddy Lehman, everybody. Radio broadcast starts at 4.30 for you on Saturday afternoon from McLean Stadium down in Waco. Stay with us. The Lincoln Riley Show coming up next. Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. 